Yeah, it was Tuesday. Politics on the corner of Real Rap King. I love y'all here. Thank y'all for coming through. Thanks for spending time with me. I hope we learn something together. I hope we can have a real conversation. Um, your first time here, I got to get my standard disclaimer. This your first time to this show. It's not going to go how you think it's going to go. Like that's, that's for certain. Um, follow, like, share, subscribe, comment. Uh, your comments is important. The feedback is important. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. However y'all want to carry it. Um, this should be a conversational uh, situation. Not a one-side information uh, pathway, but mutual beneficial. Open flow of communication, effective communication. Um, y'all seen the topic for the day? For the night, rather. It's going to get kind of interesting. Once again, it's not going to go here. I think it's going to go. Um, Phil, what's up, man? Hey, hey, happy Tuesday, man. So let's uh, let's, let's show some love to people that show love to you, man. All right. I, I did send this out. Haven't heard word yet, but okay. I did send that out. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and do this one. Go ahead. So, so for those uh, who are wondering what this is, it is a sensor that detects, I guess, uh, bad things in the air, whether it's mold or other carcinogens. Uh, that could affect you and your family. So when I was going through my house, I had mold in my son's room. So I, I put this in there. Uh, it's really easy to use. Just pull the pull the cap back, place it where you need to go, do a couple days, put the cap back on, and just mail it back. And so I will see the results hopefully shortly, mm -hmm. and we'll see what's actually going on in my house. In your son's room, right? In my son's room. Man, you don't love that kid. You got him living in mold and all oh, kinds of stuff. <laughs> The worst ever. <laughs> he got purple lungs and all kinds of stuff oh. going on, man. Oh man, if, if the military episode got me, that really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got um, I mean, not to get off kilter real quick, but I got um, I had a young man call me. Matter of fact, we going to double back, get into the second one, okay, okay? Because you know I get off track real quick. All right. <laughs> Jones Nelson, I got a gripe to pick with this guy. Oh no. Yeah. Um, he kind of came at me like. Because he's like, Jay, I heard you say you ain't like me. I said, yeah, I said that. I, I said you was going to hit, right? <laughs> but that's not even what we've been beefing about. So we beefing about, right? Jones Nelson, this company, right? This company was actually created for his grandson. And he's just now telling me this viable information, right? <laughs> <laughs> like literally last Thursday, he just told me this valuable, very valuable to me information, right? This company was created for his grandson. You know, um... If that ain't the bridge in the beginning to build generational wealth, I don't know what is. Um, that was super dope when he told me that. Um, they do do residential. This company specifically right here does residential. Um, you need your grass cut. You need a uh, you need a maintenance package, a maintenance plan. Call them. A, a few people already called. According to him, he told me uh, some people already don't reached out to him, um, and he steers them in the right direction according to what they're looking for and what they need. Um, but it's a dope, um, a very dope company, a very important company. Um, support it. Run the numbers up. Yeah. I, I, I need a new long guy myself. Well, then you got the number. Yeah. You give me all the hookups, man. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. But, Jay, you know how we, we start the show. We I, I scour the internet. Hold on, real quick. Hold real quick, real quick, before yeah. we get into that. Okay. So, with the military episode, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I had a young man DM me. Then I gave him my email address. He emailed me, realrapkane at gmail.com for all business questions. Uh, you could purchase politics on the corner, hoodies and T-shirts. Oh, snap. Um, Instagram, you could DM me your uh, your request, your order, Facebook message, uh, or, or email me, realrapkane at gmail.com. Um, but anyway... I gave my number for him to call me because he said he wanted to see how he can assist with um, giving service members viable housing, right? Legit standard housing. Um, it was a long conversation. He's a young man. He's still in college. Um, he goes to, I ain't going to air him out like that, but he's up in the um, DMV area. And I was just giving him the game on what he don't know because he's like he's like 22, 23 years old, very ambitious. Um, and I thought just him watching that video 
and seeing the horrors of it and understanding the gaps and how bad it was and for him to reach out and say, I want to know how I can help. That in itself was enough for me, right? That in itself. Um, but like I said, it was a dope conversation. He's well on his way. I gave him about as much game and information as I can give from my standpoint. Um, but like I said, it's 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 the reason why I do what I do. I don't do it for I don't do it for the likes. I, it may sound cliche, but I do it because every topic that I talk about it means something to me. It's not just something random. Um, but I ain't gonna be long winded. Shout out him, thank him. He found my video on YouTube. Um, he watched it. He watched it in entirety. He enjoyed it and hope that he does great things. Go ahead, Phil. What we got? All right, so I scour the internet to see people who like to leave hate on your YouTube videos because some of them go viral. So this segment is called Angry Replies. Now this week, I only grabbed one, but maybe the term, I guess, less is more. Less is more. So this one is from a gentleman who just only wanted to say that you don't have a point. (laughs) (laughs) And this is regarding... The Angel Reese and the Kentucky Shooter comparison video. So you did write a rebuttal to him, but do you, do you remember what you said? For yeah, the I, mean, I remember the rebu- uh, rebuttal. But right. <laughs> this, I mean, it's not just him, though, right? <clears throat> um, honestly, people's inner racism becomes super overt, right? Especially over the internet, especially over the, com- the, the comforts of the internet, right? They're, they feel so comfortable... Um, and this wasn't a racist statement. It's not even who I'm talking about, but it goes along the lines of the things that I've read, the, the replies I've read, right? Um, you had people calling the ghetto. I asked, what makes a ghetto? You know, what is ghetto? First of all, what is ghetto? Define ghetto for me because that's going to tell a lot about who you are, right? It's going to tell you a lot how you view black people, people of color, brown. I don't care how you want to word it, right? I want to say something else, but it won't be appropriate right now, <laughs> right? But it that inner racism, that that overt inner racism that you feel so comfortable with displaying because you're over the internet, I, I love it actually, right? I actually love it because all that's gonna keep me me doing is doing what I'm doing to make y'all mad, right? If you can't see the correlation between this young lady that was ridiculed on a letter on on a level she was ridiculed. For doing something that's historically be done, it's a it's, it's a it's a part of the fabric of sports, where the headlines weren't weren't nearly as volatile or, or 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 demeaning, so to say, from a guy who decided he wanted to shoot up a bank full of people, as coworkers because they got fired. If you can't see the correlation, you can't see <laughs> how that's framed so easily for you to overstand. I don't really know what to say to you. You know what I mean? But it was some worse comments than that um, that I'm going to speak on in a second. But a whole nother, um, same, similar, but still black people, what we go through. What we got next? Let's get into the subtopics. Right. So we're just going to call this uh, clip bigot. Um, We're just going to call him a bigot. All right. So here we go. Bigot coat. Glad to stay here at the uh, Omni Hotel. Everybody seeing in. Ain't seen a white person in sight. Homeless ones on the street. Every restaurant looking in here is black. Every car beside them is black. They can have Atlanta. It used to be a fun place to come to up here. They can have this place right here. That stuff. There ain't no way. Ain't no way. Just need there, there's your. Yeah, well, it was a it was just a sign up there. It had Obama and all them on there and stuff, man. So yeah, it's all that's up here. That's all that's up here, man. And stuff is just crap. Yeah, yeah. You and Boyfriend. We get the picture. I mean, at least you had lost for words. Um, and I think mainly because. Being, you know, being, you know, a person in the race we are, when we speak on this, you know, they say that we're lying, we're exaggerating, it doesn't exist. Um, there's no such thing as all in our heads. We got a victim mentality. <laughs> like, 
And, you know, this is someone who who's supposed to be a pillar at an institution, right? Anybody know the coaches are some of the most highly regarded and highly respected people, faculty members at whatever institution that they um teach at, coach at. And, you know, you think about that little black boy that's going to um, try out for that team or, or play for that team, and he's the coach. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he's really in a position of authority. He's in a position of influence. Um, he's in a position to impact that person's career. You know what I mean? Like, like direct impact. He can keep him down. He can build him up. You know what I'm saying? But nonetheless, he's in a prime position to impact that young man's career. And that's not something you turn on and turn off. That's a part of your moral fabric. That's a part of your <clears throat> excuse me. That's a part of your internal mechanisms. Like I said, you can't turn that in, turn that off, turn it on. Um, and I really wonder, like, what school is that guy at? Is he still employed? I'm gonna say yes, cause you know yeah. what I mean. Like, so he so so he's probably somewhere in Georgia, rural Georgia. Sound like he has a a, a heavy accent, so. I would say he's probably somewhere rural Georgia. Um, anybody that know anything about Atlanta, you know Atlanta was once, you know, black people couldn't even, they, they tried to hold a stage in pretty much the same way they did in Arkansas with the high school, with, with the high school where they were trying to integrate the high school. Mm-hmm. Was it Arkansas 9 or something like that? They did the same thing in Atlanta, right, where they pretty much stood in front of black people Visiting Atlanta and, and moving around Atlanta. So that's what he meant by Atlanta was once a nice place. Atlanta, Atlanta was once nice. It was it was it was it was clean, right? I think he said something about it being dirty now, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think he means literal dirt he on said, the street. He said even all the cars are black. You know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> Like, he's talking about the color of people's skin when he said it's dirty. And I need people just to be aware and, and stay aware because the more people try to mute this and say it doesn't happen, the more it's going to happen and the longer that it's going to last at the level that it's at. The only way to combat that is to go on the offensive and say, we acknowledge it exists, we acknowledge it's at a level too high, and we need to put it into it. And those people that come out and speak like this, we no longer going to employ them. But like I say, he's probably in rural Georgia somewhere. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. But yeah, Reeves, Georgia and Alabama, like like they still deeply rooted in um in what they own. What we got next? So, do you follow anonymous on Twitter? Sometimes uh, I can't remember. Um, I think Ash might have sent this to me. So if you're unaware who Anonymous is, they are a, I guess, hacker group that outs extreme racist, fascist, uh, you know, super right, all that stuff, and also corrupt businesses. So check out this. They posted this one. Can you read that from there? Or uh, I need you to read that. Because it's super small on my screen, too. <laughs> Hold on. I can't see it from here. I got you. Republicans in the Missouri. Republicans in the Missouri. Okay, that's what's up. On Tuesday, voted to strip all public libraries of their funding due to a lawsuit by the ACLU challenging the state's ban on books. Knowledge is power, and the GOP do not want an educated public. They want an obedient public. Anonymous. Fight back. Knowledge is power. Right? I've been talking about this. Probably the last three or four episodes at least, right? I've been talking about... The, um, the assault on education, the assault on free thinking. I've, I've been speaking on it. Some people call me crazy. Yo, it's all in your head. It's not that bad. Yeah, it starts that small, right? Everybody got to remember everything about life, right? With life, everything starts small. They want to see if I attack this at a, at, a, at a micro level first, right? If I attack this at a micro level, a small micro level, and I get away with this. People push it. There's the, the, the pushback that I get, the resistance I get, I can handle. 
Now I'm going to continue to push the envelope f- further. If y'all people didn't understand the reason why you should be worried and concerned or why you should have been in, been in an uproar when they was talking about when, when they banned the AP class of uh, the black history class, it was deeper than just the curriculum. It wasn't even about that. You got to stop being feeble-minded. You got to think from a macro level. You think of small potatoes. It's, it, it, this is chess, not checkers. Well, before you get to the queen, you got to take pawns. Well, before you get to the queen, you got to take a knight, you got to take a bishop, got to take a rook. You know, well, before you get to the queen, well, before you get to the king, you got to get through the queen. So you got to go through all these muddy waters, right? And and dom- and chess pieces fall one by one systematically. I've been saying the problem is we keep getting out strategized and outmaneuvered because we're not forecasting. We think of small. We think in, in realms that they want us to think in. And as long as that keeps happening, we're going to continue to see attacks. So we're going to continue to see our history fall. It's already been falling. They keep chipping away piece by piece. We're in a, <laughs> we got to be back in slavery or something where they banning books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned that with Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks book. It's like, yo, that was slavery tactics. What do y'all not understand? Banning education. Banning any education. That was slavery tactics. We don't want y'all to think. We don't want y'all to be educated because we don't want y'all to re- revolt. We don't want an insurrection. The more educated you are, the more aware you are, the more conscious you are, the more at risk that the establishment has. You're threatening the status quo. What are you not paying attention to? This is one plus one. This is a systematic assault on education and free thinking. Watch these pieces that continue to fall. Theory shows you they can close banks. <laughs> they show Kanye we can freeze your account even though you ain't do nothing wrong in the bank. Big, a uh, big corporation was mad at you, so we froze your account for them. It had nothing to do with no illegal uh, wire wire transfer or wire fraud or money laundering or anything else that would freeze your assets. It wasn't he wasn't supporting terrorism or he was beefing with a company they had a business deal with. And that was justification of Friesen's assets. What are y'all not paying attention to? They just killed my main man, the Cash App dude, so they can get their own Fed Cash App. One step closer to a global economy, a global currency that's controlled by the governments. What are y'all not seeing or writing on the wall? This is one plus one. Common sense. Physical currency is coming to an end. I, don't, I can't say when, but it's going to end. They're going to be able to cut your life off with a button. They already can to an extent. So imagine once you got all digital currency. You're you out of here. Because at least now you can still stash money in the shoebox. So ain't no more lying on taxes. There's no more lying on applications. They know exactly... What your net worth is. <laughs> they don't got to ask these questions no more. You're going to scan something, the barcode is going to say approve or deny because they, they got all your information. They don't need you to fill out nothing. Y'all don't see no fear in that? Stop sleeping with your eyes open, man. Go on to the next one, man. Now, this one is it's pretty tragic. Um... I know you everyone's heard about this in the news, but you know I, I want to hear your uh, opinion on this, uh, Jay. It's uh, about Ralph Yarl. Ralph Yarl, the sixteen-year-old kid, went to a house to pick up his um, his younger siblings. He had twin siblings, brothers. Twin brothers. He went to go pick them up from a house. 
addresses got mixed up instead of uh one was terrorist, one was street. He went to the wrong one. Rang the doorbell. Old white guy opened the door. Shot him through the door. Glass door. Shot him. He fall down. He stood over top of him. Shot him again. Off of ringing the wrong doorbell, right? The 84-year-old the, the, the man was taken into custody. He was released. He was taken into custody for 24 hours. So state statute says that they got to be charged within 24 hours or they got to be released. They couldn't bring charges. They say they couldn't bring charges within 24 hours. Um, They were still ga- gathering evidence. A key piece of evidence they were looking for was um, – a statement from the victim. At this time, he was in a coma. He couldn't give a statement. This is weird to me. I, I don't. I don't ever recall having to have a victim statement to be charged. Like the, the, that part was weird. But I'm gonna continue. He um. He was released. Quite naturally, there was a lot of uproar about it. There was a lot of um, protests and marches and and, and and awareness on social media. That's how I stumbled upon this conversation. Um, incident, rather. My apologies. Um, the young man woke up. I'm guessing he uh, he was released. He, 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 he improved well enough to be released and sent home. He still has a long road to recovery, but he's alive. Um... Obviously, he gave a statement because yesterday the the the, the uh, eighty four year old man was charged with two felonies: uh, aggravated assault and something else. I can't remember. Not attempted murder. So that's the question I had, right? So, according to what the DA said, was that the the, the assault charge that he was charged with actually exceeds uh, attempted murder in that state. It's actually a higher charge that that's what he said um the part that i guess i mean it's a lot it's a lot to this that's that's very disturbing right a 16 year old black kid rings the wrong doorbell it's an 84 year old man so this ain't hard to figure out what times he come from right He's lived a long time. He shot this. He shot this young man. He shot this boy. This kid through his door, right? And then he tried to claim stand your ground. <laughs> You're behind a, a, a glass door. You shot this kid. The kid falls on the floor. You stand over top of him and you shoot him again. And you try to claim stand your ground. This is what happens when George Zimmerman gets off for a homicide he should have been convicted of. This is what happens when the KKK is not charged or or, or identified as a terrorist organization. This is what happens. Black blood is at the core. it, it, It flows rivers of blood in this country. Well before black on black crime. Like let's not let's not let's not deflect. Let's not let the Jedi mind trick dissuade us or persuade us from the truth and reality, right? Do we have our own ills? Absolutely. Can't dodge it. Can't deflect that part. But if this if the if this case does not scream What the hell? <laughs> like, I don't really know what will. If this, if this case doesn't scream that, don't come to us. Don't be on TV talking about gun reform. Because I ain't heard one person. I heard Biden. I think Biden. No, I didn't hear. I'm lying. I don't remember one person. Not about this. That was about what happened in Alabama when they shot up the, the, the birthday party or something. I don't remember saying no gun control, gun reform, or nothing about this case. But being said, I don't. Maybe I missed it. 
If I missed it, somebody say, Jay, they was talking about it, you missed it. Okay, I can go with that. I apologize. I just don't remember it being said. Because it's the wrong demographic that was impacted by the shooting. Or was it a case of who the offender was versus who the victim was? I think it probably has more to do with that. Then there's another case to keep it fair. A little white girl, 20 years old up in New York State, pulled into the wrong driveway trying to make a U-turn. Somebody come out, shoot her car up, and kill her. I don't hear gun control being talked about in these cases. I don't, I don't think people understand how much of a new phenomenon gun control actually is. That term, the conversation. But we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Phil, pop up the first one. The Shades Rebellion? Yeah. All right. Shades Rebellion. This was an insurrection, right? This was an insurrection motivated, influenced by taxation laws. Shades Rebellion was a militia group out of Massachusetts, the various militia groups, one just one, that got together and said that we don't agree with taxation laws, right? No, I'm lying. It wasn't a militia. I'm going too fast. This was a, 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 a rebellious group that got together, who came together, and they said, we don't like this taxation laws. We don't like what y'all trying to do to us. It was an insurrection. They rebelled as a group. They tried to take, they tried to tax, task the state militia with going after this rebellious, this insurrection group. Members of the militia, some of them joined them, but the militia didn't attack this group, right? This white militia did not attack this white insurrection group that revolted against the government, the state government, um, because they was upset with taxation laws. I find that to be interesting. I find that to be interesting. I find that to be interesting because pull up the Second Amendment for me. All right. The Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms should not be infringed upon, right? Now, I come to find out this has a way deeper meaning than what's on surface level. And it's mind-boggling. Because we all took that statement as, you know, it's more to that statement, it's more to the Second Amendment, but we all took it as pretty much, um, that's our right to bear arms as a people, regardless. That's our right to bear arms. That's what gives us the green light without state or federal interference with us possessing firearms. We was taught, told that the well-regulated militia part, state militia, was to kind of act the federal government if they got to tripping. That's what it was supposed to have been a representation of, a defense, a built-in defense by the forefathers, right? That ain't even half the truth. <laughs> that ain't even half the truth. So when the good old um, Constitution, Bill of Rights, and amendments were being drafted, signed, uh, drafted, revised, argued about, and signed, you had uh, James and you had George. James Madison, George Mason. Good old George Mason out of Virginia. Good old George Mason University that, that still got Negroes in there that break their neck to get into this school, right? Do y'all really know what that was about? It, it's, it's, it's very, very ill of what it really was about. So when they was drafting, right, these amendments and, and the Bill of Rights, and y'all understand, y'all already understand if you're black that you were not included in that in that thought process or 
Because because you wasn't a citizen. You wasn't deemed a citizen. You was deemed property. So these were drafted, written, and signed without you in mind, without protecting. You don't have any rights to protect. This was about the fight for slavery. Or the protection of slavery. Or the protection against those enslaved. This whole being afraid of black people conditioning mindset that a lot of these white Caucasian people still walk around with today that's been ingrained in their brain was engraved way back when we were victims of, of whatever mayhem and slaughter or, or whatever atrocities they wanted to commit. That language was a compromise between James and George. That language was put in there as a protection, right? We needed, they needed state militias to ensure the, 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 the certainty and the establishment and the continued establishment of state militias run by state governors, right? You know, governors of the state run the same thing with the National Guard, same concept, right? National Guard got a little trick shot to it back then, but it's the same concept. The state, the militias were designed, instituted, and governed to protect the slave owners against the slave, <laughs> against the slaves. In case of an insurrection, they would come and pretty much kill the slaves. What the? That's what that that's what that language is about. <laughs> that language was for the security and certainty that the slave owners could get reinforcements if they needed in the event that the slaves started an insurrection. In addition to the slaves started an insurrection, it was also language built and it was designed for free slaves. So they couldn't arm themselves. If, if, if a slave was found or a free slave or whatever the case may, a free man or however you want to word it was found in the possession of a firearm, the militia would take the firearm, probably kill them as long as we're taking their weapons, along with burning down their land. The militia came before the KKK. So the KKK was birthed from the militias. Now you think about that. Think about that language. Now think about that language, and it, it, it all makes sense. So when you get post-Civil War era and you get those black men who served in combat that was granted honorably by some who uphold their end of the bargain, who was granted their freedom, those militias were then stood up to fight them, to protect whatever they need a protection from them, from those newly freed slaves. Like that's that, I mean, I, I thought that was baffling. I'm sitting there reading, I'm sitting there reading and watching and I'm like, yo, this cannot be, this just can't be true. This just can't be true. And you had a whole lot of more of a rebellious moments and insurrections by white men we had a cases in Louisiana before Louisiana became part of the union. When you had black militias in Louisiana that was getting busy, that's, that kept Louisiana safe when they needed them to fight their war. And they was the most effective combat unit during that war. Then after that war, those white men came and said, hey, yo, we don't feel comfortable because they get busy. They know how to use these weapons further than, further than we knew they did. Man, we can't trust them, man. We got to de-arm them. <laughs> we got to disarm them. We got to get rid of these hammers. They got to they give them up. We got to disarm this group. It was 3,000 of them versus 8,000 British, and they, and they ran them up out of there. So that made them white men look around like whole time out. We got we got to disarm them. 
They better than us with this. We feel threatened. We don't feel safe. That was crazy. But all in all, right, still never heard nothing about gun control. Still never heard nothing about gun reform. Never heard nothing about it. You know, the first time people really could think about hearing about gun control or gun reform? Take a wild guess, Phil. Uh, after Columbine. Negative. Oh, really? Dang. No, before. I don't know. You know. Black The Black Panthers. 1967. Mm. State of California. City of Oakland, to be more specific. There was a young man named Bobby Seale. He formed, and you know, it was him and, you know, Huey, and it was a couple of other brothers. You know, they formed a group called the Black Panthers. They formed because they wanted to secure neighborhoods, black neighborhoods that were being violated and terrorized by white police officers. So they stood up a security contingent and they understood the law. So they found loopholes in the law. No, not really loopholes. They understood the law. I said it right the first time. So they understood the law. So they wanted to arm themselves. They walked around with long guns. At this time, California was an open carry state. At this time, open carry state. So they armed themselves. If 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 a black person was being accosted, or I'm saying accosted, detained by law enforcement, those Black Panthers were standing in the vicinity. Right, they knew how many feet they had to be away from between themselves and the police officers while they were conducting the, uh, the, the police investigation or whatever the police was doing, right? They knew it was a certain amount of feet they had to be away from them, being armed, so they were, they followed guidelines, they followed the rules. You know, they also marched to the Capitol steps, state Capitol, posted up, took pictures, all that good fancy stuff, right? Now, all of a sudden now, it's like some reverse psychology. Now, Oakland police are scared. <laughs> they say ain't no fun when a rabbit get the gun, right? And they don't say. So now they walking around scared. So they go, uh, they go find this this little lobbyist guy, right? This little lobbyist or um, what they call him? Not lobbyist. I'm calling him a lobbyist because at the end of the day, that's all he really is. Filibuster. I mean, that's all he really is, right? So, them, um, with the backing of the NRA, they approached, um, I want to say a state senator. Well, maybe it's, even the mayor of Oakland was a state senator by the na- last name of Muffet. So, passed that through the Congress and all that, passed it through the Senate called the Mumford Act, and it reached the desk of a young, freshly new-minute governor of the state of California by the name of Ronald Reagan, Mm. who then signed into law the Mumford Act, right, which gave gave the birth to gun control. You could no longer, and, and and the language was really written such that it really was a targeted to black people. There's no other way to say it, right? Um, it gave birth to you can't walk around, you can't be in the Capitol grounds, and you can't, you couldn't no longer open carry. You don't show one again that could still carry license, not being black in 1967. Probably nowhere in America. <laughs> like, let's be clear. Definitely not California. So, Sign this in the law, no more open carry, gun restrictions, um, all because a group of, 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 of young black men wanted to protect their neighborhoods. But all these other things like, you know, the KKK, like I said earlier, all these rebellious groups, uh, even, you know, um, 
Like, like you just never heard of this stuff. You, you never heard of gun control. You never heard of gun reform. It wasn't a topic. It wasn't a hot topic. Only when black people begin to arm themselves and protect themselves that now, now, now was a problem. Now was a problem. But I don't recall hearing nothing about gun reform even after that. I don't recall hearing about gun reform when Waco, Texas happened. I don't recall anything about gun control. They got a whole full-fledged shootout with the feds, with ATF, and FBI, if I'm not mistaken. And some of them lost their lives. Federal agents I'm talking about. I don't remember hearing nothing about gun control. It wasn't a hot topic. I'm trying to think. With Caliban, was they really talking about gun control? Was that a, 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 a phrase they utilized? I don't think so. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm really struggling, right? Because when you understand the origin of this topic and the origin of this conversation and how it came to be, it seems like the only real gun control they really ever pushed for was when black people began to arm themselves. I could be wrong. I could be way off base. I could be way out of pocket. But that's just how I feel about it. I don't. I, I don't recall this conversation being that prevalent. Not in Columbine Reeves. I, I. I didn't think so. I couldn't. Like honestly, I just couldn't remember. But I don't. I don't. I don't remember that being said. Right. Um. And 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 the ill part about it is, is that today when you hear this hot topic of gun control and gun reform. The main time you hear it is after somebody does a school shooting, right? That's the main time you really hear that conversation come up. We'll let you know it's just all for political play. But the irony part about it is, is that You supposed to have the same, you got the same branch of government and you got two people in two different hours talking completely two different things. So when you think about, and the reason being is, I think fully is because I think the NRA tricked a lot of people. I think the NRA suckered a lot of people. Um, the NRA has been one of the biggest suppressors of of, 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 of African Americans and firearms. Like, I mean, you you go through their history, you go through the legislation they back, you go through like like I just told you in, in the state of California, with the um, with the Muffet Act that was backed by the NRA. That was a direct response, and don't be confused. Don't let nobody. That was a direct response to the Black Panther Party. That it came. That bill was created in Oakland, California, in direct response to the Black Panther Party. That bill was supported, backed, and funded by the NRA. So it can't be a case of we didn't know the the gravity of the bill or the impact that it would have. Or you can't say that, especially not in those times, because nobody would have given a damn if you just been honest about it anyway. It wouldn't have been one of them old um, as today, where you have to be a lot more cautious, a lot more socially aware of what you say and what you project. Then you could come right out and say, I don't like them. I, I, don't, I don't like them. I don't want them to have no guns. I don't want them to have none of my guns. You didn't have to dodge that then. So they knew fully what they were doing. Fully. So when it's a case of a group like the NRA that has the pockets they have, the range that they have, the amount of influence because of the money that they have, if you look at every state that has constitutional carry, you see there are NRA stronghold states. Strongholds. South and all the Midwest. I mean, it's going to be more states. I mean, I think soon... Um, Probably going to be all 50 states soon. But 
You can't be out here screaming gun control. Where where you have companies, you have organizations rather like the NRA that's that that's throwing all kinds of billions of dollars around their lobbyists and pushing policy and pushing legislation and, um to ensure that it's a well armed America. America has the most civilian guns on the streets out of all the majorly developed countries, by far. And also has the highest homicide rate by gun by far. (laughs) We ain't talking about Mexico or Venezuela. They don't count in this conversation. Right? They're not in that conversation. To me, once again, this is a covert way to find a way to try to, when it comes to Ban this, ban that, ban this, ban that. So to me, once again, it kind of made me look crazy and say, this is like a covert attack on, on, on black people and weapons because I don't think this would be a conversation if we didn't, have, if we didn't start buying legal weapons at the rate we had. Because there's nothing you could do about the legal weapons. Let's be clear. There is no such thing as gun control or gun reform for an illegal weapon. <laughs> there's absolutely nothing you could do about that. So. To say, how, how, how do we fix this? How do we control this? You can't control something. Listen, you can't control something you started. You can't. This country was built on guns, violence, murder, and money. You can't control that. That's what this country was built on. There's rivers of blood that flow beneath this country because of that. The moment y'all came on the, the eastern shores with muskets, and aimed it at indigenous black people and indigenous uh, Indians. Yes, I said indigenous black people. Yes, I said that. That's like one of the other biggest lies that y'all told. <laughs> the moment that y'all came with your muskets, got off them ships, and aimed those muskets at indigenous black people and indigenous Indians, you set the tone for what this country is going to be built upon. You built the foundation. Wasn't no guns over here. You bought the guns here. It was bow and arrows and knives and, and you know what I'm saying? Like it was all uh primitive weapons. There weren't no guns here. You bought the guns here. You bought the drugs here. Now you look around and say, what we gonna do about this? It's out of control. It wasn't out of control when you was you still profited off of it. You profited off from the beginning, you profiting now. Make it make sense. So now you wanna try to to to, to put blame to deflect from a problem. And I ain't saying y'all like the people today, your ancestors, your forefathers, whatever, y'all check the same box. And, and, and y'all perpetuated the same cycle. Because no point in time that people say, hey, let's do what we can to put a kibosh to this, to put an end to this, to put a stop to this. You know what I'm saying? Like, like nowhere in there that people proactively try to change the climate. No, what y'all do? Y'all put more, y'all put gun manufacturers here. I ain't never heard nobody within all these conversations of gun reform or gun control say shut down the gun manufacturers. Shut down those factories. No more guns sold. I ain't never heard that. Out of all this rhetoric, I ain't never heard nobody say, hey, listen, no more guns made. No more guns sold. There's over 400 million guns on the streets. And that's what you can count. What are you talking about, man? If you want, if you if you really want to say you're going to solve a problem, then solve the problem. Like, like, no, you throwing gas on it. It's called gas. You're gaslighting. You're lying. And the bad part about it is the world knows you're lying. The government is supposed to be the ones that control the the the, the rhythm of this. To say what goes on, what don't go on. So you can't have one half of them saying, we need more guns and we need more people walking around with guns. 
Ain't no difference. It's the, to me, it's the same thing with birth control. They see the, 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 the white numbers declining. And by such and such year, they're going to be a minority. So they put an end to, birth, uh, 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 to abortions. They put an end to it. No, we got to secure. It's the KKK principles. It ain't that much different. It's the same ideology. It's just y'all not, I mean, y'all not overt with it. Y'all not riding around with horses with white sheets. It's the same ideology, though. Same exact ideology. How, what can we do to secure the white race? That's all this, the, 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 this birth control abortion thing is about. And to me, that's all this gun thing about with them saying, hey, we need constitutional carry. We need more guns. We need more guns in our hands. To me, that's what that's saying. Because ain't no way in hell you tell me you look at this news. Well, you just had, like I said, Alabama. I, I mentioned briefly Alabama earlier. Where they was at a birthday party. Somebody came shot at the birthday party. Five people got killed. A bunch of people got shot. Just happened. And it, it was like, it was multiple mass shootings over the weekend. Multiple. Various parts of the country. So ain't no way in hell you say you care. Ain't no way you can say you care, but yet you're not putting an end to the production and manufacturing of weapons. No, y'all trying to get more advanced. Matter of fact, Let's show them their gun control. <laughs> you got right. that? I, f- I almost forgot about that. A company in Colorado has invented a new smart gun that can only be fired through fingerprint and facial recognition technology. The new weapon was launched last week and is the first of its kind in the world. It was created by the company BioFire Technologies. The company says it believes this technology can help in reducing the number of accidental shootings and misuse by criminals. The new technology comes at a time when the U.S. is grappling with recent mass shootings and has been for several years. As of March, the U.S. had already seen more than 100 mass shootings. In California, there have been at least six mass shootings that left 26 people dead. Y'all remember that movie Judge Dredd? Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's where that concept comes from. So what happens? Let me ask you this. And I'm not going to say it's a completely bad idea. I'm not going to say that. It's a lot of covert mechanisms built into that, though, from tracking purposes. That's another topic for another day. Um, What happens, right, if you buy that gun for yourself? Someone breaks in the crib 3 in the morning. For some reason, you're incapacitated. Your wife can't, or your girlfriend, or your son, or your daughter, or your mother, your father, whoever, they can't use that weapon to assist in the defense. Because that that weapon is only geared towards you. It's only your fingerprints, your DNA, whatever is used to activate that weapon, it's going to be geared solely to, to, to you, and you, you alone. So what happens? You take a business trip. You say, "Hey, I'm gonna leave. I'm, I'm gonna leave a gun here. That's, that's it's useless. It's a paperweight. Throw it." But I'm not going. I'm not going to be. You know. Uh, you know. The glass was half full. Kind of, sort of. Well, I don't know if it's half full. That's subjective. But because there's a lot of different. It's, it's a lot of covert type. You got to be able to forecast. You got to be able to strategize to see the long play with certain stuff, man. Right? It's a, it, t- it takes a lot of things down. It does take the ability for somebody to steal your gun out the window. Like, it'd be no point. They got to steal your gun. They got to cut your hand off, too. Like, it's going to be useless, right? Um, So there are some built-in features. There are some benefits that I see to that. But I also see some detriments. Um. Well, it's one of them things, man, where, honestly, we know criminals going to find a way to work around that. It, it's always going to happen. Like, it, you know, the same way they jo- uh, jailbroke the phones, they're going to jailbreak the gun. <laughs> 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 and now, you know, you got a jailbroke gun. That's probably going to cost you about 1500 two grand. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, just think about it. Like, you know for a fact it's going to be easier for the ATF to track, uh, to, to track that weapon, right? If I'm talking about from manufacturer to sell, right? It's going to be a lot easier. To, even to resell, it's going to be a lot easier. So if you jailbreak it, it's still going to go back to such and such. You know, the more technology, the more cost, right? So that's why I said they're going to jailbreak it. They're going to find a way to jailbreak it, and they're probably going to sell for about $2,000. But, you know, I just, I just really feel like this whole, that whole gun control, gun reform conversation is not for us. Clip up, illegal or illegal, I'm going to say it. If you can buy a gun, go buy a gun. You can't buy a gun, go buy a gun. Just don't get caught with the gun. You can't buy the gun. Because that's the times, we, that's the times we're in. That's the times we're in. And that's a lot of reasons why we, why we were overcharged within that system. It wasn't only to suppress our vote so we couldn't have the right to vote. It was also we couldn't buy firearms. It also was we, we wasn't eligible for student loans or, or certain government aid. That's why a lot of stuff we were overcharged. That's why you have states today that are still trying to block people from getting their rights back even though they don't walked off the time they had to walk off to be able to get their rights back. See, that whole, that whole felony on your, on your record thing is way more impactful than people probably, average bear probably thinks or what it, it avoids you from being able to do. But that was a main caveat too. You can't legally purchase a firearm. You can't legally possess a firearm, which means you can't legally secure yourself. So the day we live in with all this gun violence, you telling me not to have a firearm, I'm a, I'm a walking victim at that point. Only thing you could do is knees and elbows. Get out of there. That's all you can do. And hope they're a bad shot. So the more people that I have that can't have legal firearms, I can go ahead and mark them off my list, right? Okay, I got to count for this number. It was this number, but these my people, I don't overcharge and got these felonies on their record. I don't got to worry about them. So when they think. From, from the math that they doing. Because still going to be a, per, a certain percentage of them that's not going to carry a gun. They don't want to reoffend. They don't want to get in trouble no more. Right? But you're going to have a percentage that's going to take the chances, whatever the case may be. But they can live with that. But this is all part of the mathematics and the games that we got to understand. Once again, we got to strategize. But like I said, clip up. Legal or illegal. You're going to have to. Judge by 12 before you carry by 6. Something happened to you at, something happened to you at 12 o'clock. Call 911, but they're going to be there at 12.30? <laughs> Like, it ain't enough cops to help everybody, help every citizen in, in this country when they in trouble or in danger. So you took the, the viable means for me to protect myself out the equation. That's, I mean, simple mathematics. That gun control, gun reform conversation is not for us. We ain't got nothing to do with that. We got something to do with it, but we, we do got something to do with it, but not the way they frame it. We got to understand how they covertly are trying to impact us with it. Like I said, go back, look at the Black Panthers. That's when that conversation really started coming up. That, that, that term really started being utilized. When them brothers found a way to legally walk around armed. No, they couldn't conceal it, but they could walk around with open carry. And you see how long that lasted before your, your homie, Ronald Reagan, Guns and drugs. And y'all praise them. <laughs> Real rap came politics on the corner.